Hello, all you spooky loving freaks. Once again, it's time for the Spooktacular Now with your hosts, Kenzie, Nikki, and Denise. Grab your axes, grab your chainsaws, and maybe brush up on your Sumerian a little. This week, we're talking about the cult classic that stole my heart and swallowed my soul. <laughs> That's right, it's time for Evil Dead 2. <laughs> Before we jump into the story, I quickly want to give a shout out to all of our returning listeners. Thank you so much for sharing in our love for all things spooky and weird and continuing to support this project with your listenership. If you'd like to support the show even more, give us a follow on our socials. Find us on Twitter at Spooktacular Now or Instagram at The Spooktacular Now. Uh, wait, Kens, before you move on... I noticed something when I was looking at our analytics for our show, and it showed that the second most popular country for downloads for our show is Belgium. Oh. And I just think that is so cool. So I wanted to say to any Belgian listeners, heel erg bedankt. Sorry if I butchered that. Also, merci beaucoup. <laughs> Very nice. I think that is awesome. And if you email us, spectacularnowpodcast at gmail.com, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from. We'd love to get back to you. And we are working on some Spectacular Now merch. Like to get some stickers out to our faithful listeners. Send some in the mail to you. So thank you so much again. Now, on with the show. Well, before we talk about uh, what we thought of the film, I first wanted to quickly go over the synopsis of the story uh, for anyone who hasn't seen this movie. If you haven't, please, please go watch it. It's amazing. Worth it. So worth it. And I'm, I mean, it might be worth it for you to just stop listening now, go watch it, and then come back. Because if you go into this, like how I didn't, I just happened to see this at a friend's house one night. She was like, let's watch this. And I'm so glad I didn't know anything about it because this movie is a treat. So please, just yeah. go watch it and then come back. And uh, I don't know how I've gone this many years without seeing it. Yeah, I was surprised that neither of you had seen mm-hmm. it yet. Well, I think with the title Evil Dead and then Evil Dead 2, I thought, eh, it's not going to be anything I want to see. But I was amazed when we watched <laughs> Evil Dead 2. And now we want to watch Evil Dead, the first one. Right? Yeah. We're going to find that, there, though. There's a whole Evil Dead universe yes. that we haven't seen. We will find that first one and watch it. But yeah, the second find. second one, amazing. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about this story a little bit. Ash Williams, our main protagonist and hero extraordinaire, and his girlfriend, Linda, take a romantic vacation to a seemingly abandoned cabin in the woods. Now, seemingly, this premise was always a little weird to me. So they just, like, happen upon this cabin and decide it's a nice place to stay. Never mind the previous occupants, like, stuff still being there. They didn't right. think it was weird. They're just walking. I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll just stay here. It's fine. They, they don't even really, like, say, like, how they come like, upon Yeah, this. like how they knew about it. Wait a minute. Wasn't it they were looking for her father? No, Linda is not. She's. They're oh, totally it, separate from. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. While in the cabin, Ash uh, finds this tape recorder, and inside is a tape. He plays it, and it's of an archaeologist, archaeologist, Raymond Noby, the cabin's former inhabitant, 
reciting passages from the Book of the Dead or the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, which he has discovered during an archaeological dig. Cool fact, the Necronomicon is a fictional book created by the horror icon H.P. Lovecraft, who I must also state is the true author of the Eldritch Terrors, not T.S. Eliot, as I stated in a previous oh, episode. right. <laughs> I think I was, like, getting mixed up with the whole, like, T.S. and H.P. Yeah. My brain was just like, yeah, T.S. Eliot, that guy. Was clearly him. And then I looked it up for real after we did that episode. <laughs> and I'm it so was glad you have not. an answer yeah. to your question. <laughs> H- now you can see. Yeah, it's H.P. Lovecraft. And I'm sorry to all you Lovecraftians out there uh, who may have been offended by my uh, misnaming of (laughs) the Eldritch Terror creator. So the recorded incantation that they play back unleashes an evil force, also known as the Kandarian Demon, that kills and later possesses Linda, turning her into a deadite. Ash is then forced to decapitate her with a shovel and bury her in a shallow grave near the cabin. At dawn, the evil force throws Ash through the woods. He briefly becomes possessed by the demon, but when day breaks, he is inexplicably returned to normal. Seems like they were there for maybe 10 minutes and then Linda was dead. Worst staycation ever. Yeah, that would be a really yeah. low Airbnb rating right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love the part where it's Linda's head, right? That gets yeah. stuck to his hand. Yeah, <laughs> she like bites down in between his uh, thumb and his yeah. Four fingers, just holding on. He's just walking around, With this trying head. to shake her off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great costume idea, right there. So good. <laughs> so Ash attempts to flee the area, but finds that the bridge to the cabin has been destroyed. The spirit chases him back to the cabin, where Linda's revived head attacks him and bites his hand, as we just mentioned. He runs to the shed where her headless body attacks him with a chainsaw, but he overpowers and slashes the dead-eyed Linda to death. Now, this whole sequence of the events with her, her body, like, dancing around and doing the weirdest <laughs> things you've ever seen, and it's all, like, um, like stop-motion yeah. animation, which, which it looks super cool. It does. It's, it's creepy. It I is. love it. It's yeah. so old school, but I think it's so neat. Oh, we were I, laughing yeah, out loud. I love stop-motion. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. His right hand becomes possessed and tries to kill him, and he severs it with the chainsaw before attempting to shoot it with a shotgun. But the hand mocks him and ultimately escapes. Meanwhile, Nobi's daughter, Annie, and her research partner, Ed Getley, return from the dig with missing pages of the Necronomicon, only to find the destroyed bridge. They enlist repairman Jake and his girlfriend Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe! <laughs> <laughs> to show them another route to the cabin, where they find an embattled Ash covered in blood. Thinking that he murdered her parents, Annie and the others lock him in the cellar. So much blood. So much blood. So much colorful blood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, that's we, right. The there, green there was blood. red and green. Yeah. I think there was black oh, at one blue. point. Oh, yeah. All oh, colors. that was coming from. Uh, the wall, wasn't it? He kept, yeah. He kept like shooting at the wall because the hand was crawling in there. He's like, <laughs> those mouse holes. Yeah, and then it's just like, <laughs> this is making me laugh all over again. Yeah. <laughs> just shooting the wall, and the blood starts like pouring out of it, and then it turns black at one point, and it's just like hitting him in the face, and he's covering it as, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. so extra. So it was, <laughs> and they use coffee grounds. 
caro syrup and red dye to make a lot of the red colored blood. Really? Oh. Can you imagine how much caro syrup? I mean, oh. they, they must have been getting it in like vats. Yeah. I'm picturing oh, those little gosh. bottles that you get to make, you know, like <laughs> yeah. your pies and scotcheroos. And yeah. Pie, yeah. Pecan pie. Oh, and that stuff is so sticky. It, it, yeah. I mean, it probably gives a good consistency of blood. But I can't imagine the cleanup after. It would be oh. awful. Yeah. yeah, I think the showering was extensive after they had to <laughs> yeah. get, clean, get that blood cleaned yeah. off. Yeah, and you'd them. probably want to try and do as few takes with that stuff as possible. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you mess something up or let's say like one of the practical effects misfires, mm-hmm. they got to set it all up again. And then for continuity, they've got to clean off the actor and try to get them mm-hmm. to look like how they looked before they started the take. Oh, right. And that would just eat up so much time. So I, I wonder if like a lot of this was, well, we don't have the time or money to redo this. Let's just go with it and see what we get. Possibly. Which I think yeah. kind of, Which, it just adds to like the campiness. I was going to say, uh-huh. it did. It yeah. added to the campiness of it, I think. The four new arrivals listened to the rest of Nelby's recording, detailing how his wife Henrietta was possessed by the Kandarian demon, and that he killed her and buried her in the cellar. Henrietta, now a dead-eyed, possesses Ed. Ash dismembers him with an axe. Bobby, Bobby Joe! Joe. <laughs> Bobby Joe tries to escape. But... Where are you, girl? <laughs> Sounds just like that. <laughs> but demonically possessed trees attack and drag her to her death. Annie translates two of the Necronomicon's pages before Jake turns on them and throws the pages into the cellar. Forcing them at gunpoint to find Papa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Ash becomes possessed once again and attacks Jake. Annie retreats to the cabin and accidentally stabs Jake, mistaking him for the possessed Ash before Henrietta kills him. Deadite Ash tries to kill Annie but returns to his normal self upon seeing Linda's necklace. With Annie's help, Ash modifies the chainsaw attaches it to the stump of his right arm and cuts the shotgun's barrel. Honestly, this is the most iconic look of any horror hero yep. you could ever think of. Yeah. The the nub to chainsaw, it's just chef's kiss. Yeah. Oh. Perfect partnership. <laughs> so good. Between man and machine. And yeah. Another use for duct tape. Yes. This is true. Attaching a chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. And I love how there was like no special effects whatsoever. Oh. You could tell he just got his like fingers curled up yeah. under his palm and they just like wrapped some <laughs> cloth around it. Like, yeah, this is enough. It's good. Yeah. Definitely doesn't have a hand anymore under there. Um, and this whole scene with them <laughs> uh, in the cabin or not the cabin, the uh, the shed where all the tools are. And they like pull back that curtain and they see the little chalk outline. Yeah. <laughs> the chainsaw is <laughs> Like, the white chalk yeah. line of the chainsaw. Like, you know, ah, I, yes, I've got to put it back in this <laughs> spot. And it only goes in this spot, no other place. Oh, my gosh. And you see that, like, that pegboard. People will do that who are, like, really, like, fastidious about how their tools go, yeah, how they get put away true. in the garage. They'll outline the scissors with a little chalk outline. So that yeah. was a really good little addition that yes. they put in there. But yeah. I think it's, Chainsaw like, must it's, go here. Yeah, it's the only tool, though, that has <laughs> the chalk outline. Chalk <laughs> so you know, yeah. it is really important. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the writers had a, a parent that was like that with their yeah. tools. So yeah. they got to write this in. Yeah. And it's, it's such like a weird, 
segue in between all the the blood and the and the gore and the violence and yeah. the demons attacking yeah. and then the, the way that they cut it uh with them just like you know they're grabbing the tools and they're they're building this stuff and then they're just like get ready and it's yeah it's great it is it's, it is <laughs> it's the perfect setup for the climax of the film after finding the missing pages of the Necronomicon in the cellar, Ash kills Henrietta. And this is where she kept going on and on after she transforms into that, like, snake-looking thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. And she says it over and over again. <laughs> the trees outside begin to destroy the cabin. Annie reveals that she has only read the first half of the incantation and attempts to finish the second half. As she reads it, Ash's severed hand uses a Kandarian dagger to stab her in the back. She manages to complete the incantation before succumbing to her wound. The incantation opens up a whirling temporal vortex, which not only draws in the demon, but also Ash and his Oldsmobile <laughs> Delta 88. And that demon, the the dark spirit, I think it's referred to officially, that thing is weird looking. Mm-hmm. Like these giant red eyes and... Those big hands coming into the cabin. So, so yeah, that this that vortex. Scene, yeah, the vortex scene I'm imagining was inspired by Poltergeist, which yeah. came out the year prior. Definitely a nod to Poltergeist. Yes. Where it's sucking everything up. The tree. Oh, gets yeah, into the, the, the demon trees. Get sucked into the vortex. He's hanging on as it's pulling him away. Yes, I immediately thought with the, the daughter hanging on to her bed. Yeah. As the thing's trying to pull her into the closet. And the giant monster head. Yes. Coming in. Yes. It was like a little nod to yes. Poltergeist, which yet, I really love yeah, that. Yet another, you know, film, in, you know, influenced, uh, at least artistically, by by that one. Yes. It's so crazy. So Ash and his Oldsmobile land in the Middle Ages. A group of knights confront him and initially mistake him for a deadite, but are quickly distracted when a real harpy-like deadite appears. Ash blasts it with his shotgun, and they hail him as a hero who has come to save them, causing him to break down and scream in anguish, and that's the end. And it's, like, so jarring going from what's happening in the cabin to they're suddenly they're in the Middle Ages, and he's so obviously out of place. Everybody's got, like, a tin yes. can suit on. they got their all nice <laughs> yeah. and shining armor. Yeah, when he's, like, you know, de- excuse me, when he's, like, down on the ground... Screaming in pain, no. and you know he realizes he's stuck in the past. You you feel that because he just went through all of that, you know, lost everybody around him. He lost Linda. Now yeah. he's stuck in the past. Waking up in the Middle Ages would be hell. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh God, no. there's one place I would not want to go back <laughs> yeah. to. No, anywhere but there. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, that is the main story of Evil Dead Two, um, and as I stated uh, prior. This was your guys' first time seeing it. Mm-hmm. It was. What did you think? So it really made me want to learn more about the history of the film in terms of its relation to the original mm. film, The Evil Dead, that came out in 81? Yes. Mm-hmm. 1981. Um, and I read where it's almost like it's a Evil Dead 2.0. It's not really a sequel. It's almost like a remake. Because yes. the storyline is they, very they, similar. It's kind of like, a, I read it, it's technically a reboot because it's it, it tone-wise and 
stuff. It's so different from the first one, which was treated more like a traditional horror film. Um, but like the characters are essentially the same. The uh, antagonists Synopsis. are the same. You know, there's okay. the Necronomicon. Um, but it's also like a sequel because it, it still exists within the same like Evil Dead universe and because of all the similarities. So it's like a, I think they call it like a requel. Oh, okay. Where it's technically both types mm-hmm. of films, but um, they also kind of stand apart from each other. Okay. You've got the serious one, and then you've got like the fun, campy one. So I was so pleasantly surprised by this film. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, I knew that it was kind of campy and it was a cult classic, and I'm so glad I finally got to see it. I really, really want to see the original now, and I was dead set on finding it and watching it the other day. But it is very difficult to find. Yeah. I, I googled tried to find on it. Yeah, I Googled yeah. on my phone where can I stream the original Evil Dead? And it said Prime Video, Pluto, and uh, Tubi. All lies. It is the remake that they have on there, not oh, the original. Okay. And I was like, no, I yeah. couldn't find it. I, was, I had my popcorn and my drink and I was all excited <laughs> on the couch. Everybody was at school. Jammies on. Yeah. I had the house to myself and I couldn't find it. But our local downtown library had a copy and I requested it online. Usually they send me a text when they have it ready to yeah. be picked up. I have not heard from them yet and I have a feeling they're searching for it. Oh, yeah. It's probably buried under <laughs> yeah. some thick layer of yeah. dust somewhere. We'll, we'll find it. Sure. We'll find it and it's, watch it one night. And... It's so hard to obtain. They have it locked away in a lead line box. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, this movie to me is like cinematic gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From the practical effects to Bruce Campbell's over-the-top acting, it was so yes. funny. Yes. And my favorite part that really had me rolling, and I, oh, the part where the female archaeologist, Nobi's daughter, is trying to shut the door and push this deadite out, <laughs> oh out of the door. Yeah. The deadite's down on the floor, and she keeps shutting the door on various parts of his body. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, She's like different body parts kept getting like, in the way. Uh, um, was it Jake's body? Yeah, I yeah. think so. And he's like, you know, dead, obviously, and he's just laying there, and um, like the the spirits are starting to come, you know, after they're trying to get to her, and you know, the door's wide open, and she's just like very slowly, like trying to pull him up by his shoulders, and then she tries to like push him, and then she's like. <laughs> Closing the door, but like his legs are still hanging yeah, out yeah. the door. Oh man, we were She's laughing. like, oh, better, better pull him back a little bit more. And then like his feet are just hanging out the door at one point. And she's still like, <laughs> it was awesome. The door I couldn't body. handle it. Yeah. It was too funny. Well, you know, when I um, was going to watch this with you guys, I did not realize that it was a comedy. I mean, oh, you're expecting like a scary oh, yeah. movie. I was like, oh, evil, dead too. Yeah. It's going to be, you know body parts being cut up and a lot of that. And that's probably why I wasn't interested in the past because I was thinking of like Texas Chainsaw, um, you know, that type of genre. I was totally surprised that it was a comedy. So then after we watched it, um, I looked it up and that's, it does say it's just a horror comedy. Yeah. And I, you see so few of those. And we were laughing so hard. Yes. We were laughing harder than a comedy that we would like a, you know, yeah. that we would go see a rom-com or something. We were laughing out loud yeah. with this. It was, it was great. Even though I love this movie so much, this was only my second time watching it. 
okay. the first time I had seen it, I was probably like, I don't know, 14, 15. Um, and I was at a friend's house and she was like, oh, my uh, parents were in these movies because we watched Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness back to back, which if you've never seen them before, I highly recommend because you're just going to be dying laughing, tears streaming down your face the whole time. <laughs> oh, I can't it's wait to great. see Army of Darkness. Yeah. Um, and that's what we did. We just sat on the couch for like four hours and watched it. And I, oh. I didn't know anything about it. And I think she had seen it before, but just, I, I can remember us just dying, laughing the whole time that we were right, watching it. Right. And, um, now, I hope we haven't ruined it for anybody that's, they're going to watch it and then they think, well, that's not that funny. You know how you, yeah, but, kind of a spoiler for people. Yeah. It's almost like you should see it and then listen to this podcast. Yeah. I agree. I, then going so long um, in between, you know, me watching it for a second time, it made me laugh just as hard as the first time. Oh, yeah. gosh. Cool. Okay. So, like, you know, it, it for me, it still holds up after all this time, you know, having, yeah. like, nostalgia for it, but then watching it now as an adult, I, I still love it the same. You have to watch it and not take it seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't I, I could just it. enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy the ride because yeah. I could see some people watching it and thinking, this oh, is the dumbest yeah, thing yeah, that's ever. so dumb. stupid. Like, yeah. it's, like... I mentioned that I think within the first 10 minutes of the film, you know, Linda's already dead and he's like <laughs> burying her, you know, crying. He's so sad, depressed. And then he gets possessed and um, <laughs> it just, it goes from zero to a hundred really quickly. And, but I think that's what makes it great. Is it oh just, yeah. It just keeps going and going and it's the whole film is like that. And yeah, it's it was great. wonderful. He, he did a great job. And you know, um, through our discussion about Bruce Campbell, the who plays ash in it uh i looked up his picture his bio and i thought wow he looks familiar and he's sam from burn notice right and i used to watch burn notice years ago yeah, and i love the show yeah he's great in that I, I mean yeah i mean quite a bit older of course than than uh ash uh but it was uh made me like him even more yeah definitely so in order to really appreciate Evil Dead 2, I think we have to talk about the history of the original film, The Evil Dead, which started it all, written and directed by Sam Raimi as well. So Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, I read, actually grew up together, and they've been friends from early on. They were both from the Detroit metro area, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. Since we're practically yeah. a suburb of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're in our neck of the woods, yeah. which is so cool. And they would make these low-budget Super 8 films together, which I would love to see some of those. I can just see them running around with their Super 8 yeah. acting, which I think I would have done that as a yeah. kid if I had had a Super 8 film. would love making those movies. Yeah, they'd be pretty awesome to see. So Raimi came up with the idea for the Evil Dead, partially inspired by his love of H.P. Lovecraft. Ah, which uh, explains the Necronomicon yes. cameo. He knew he wanted to make a horror film, and he didn't really have the finances to do so. So he originally created a short film called Within the Woods that was the basic premise for the full length The Evil Dead. And he made it for about $1,600. Hmm. So he used this to kind of shop it around to different people trying to get financing. So he showed them, it was almost like it was a uh, a preview, like a 20 minute preview. And he wanted to raise about $100,000. And eventually, I think he raised about $375,000. So the original mm -hmm. film was made 
for about $375,000. And it went on to gross worldwide, I think at the time, close to $30 million. So as far as independent films go, that is yeah. a very successful yes. film budget versus what the, you know, what was uh, made mm-hmm. at the box office. And this was amazing. Raimi was just 20 years old wow. when shooting for the film began. Like I like to think, what was I up to uh, <laughs> when I was 20 years old? I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at yeah. all. Yeah, me either. And here's making movies. Deep into my video game obsession. That Sims. was, uh, well, like Mass Effect and uh, Fallout and Destiny. But it that inspired was... your art. True. So there you but go. But it was also a hindrance on my <laughs> academic performance. Hey, you did it. You graduated. Yeah, yeah. C's make degrees. <laughs> Initially, they attempted to shoot the film in Royal Oak, Michigan, which is also pretty cool. Uh, I guess that's where Sam Raimi is originally from. And I, Bruce was also from Bruce there. Campbell, yeah. also from Royal Oak. Uh, but they continued filming in Morristown, Tennessee, and this is this is pretty cool. I guess it was the only state that really showed any significant interest in having the film <laughs> oh, made there. Yeah. So they found the perfect spot, an actual you know cabin set way back in the woods. Yeah. And the first film was shot at this real cabin, the interior and the exterior. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then the second, The Evil Dead Two, the exterior. Shots were used, the same cabin, but the interior for Evil Dead 2 was uh, interior shots, like a stage, a set that was yeah, at a high school stage. gymnasium oh, or whoa. something. It wasn't even on my, it wasn't even that, like a, a movie studio. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool, though, to think that they were still able to come up with something, you know, professional looking and... Right. Um, but... You know, obviously they had a limited budget and they had to use their skills and ingenuity to come up with something, you know, believable looking and they were limited with space and money probably. And look what they were able to do. Yeah, they they didn't need anything fancy. No, no fancy special effects, just practical (laughs) effects. Yeah, uh, practical (laughs) effects in my eyes will always be king. Yeah. Because the whole goal is to use what you have to make it look effective and believable Mm -hmm. and it's also like something that's physically there that the actors can interact with directly exactly that i think is a big big deal i also i mean i think it's worth mentioning that now with all those cgi effects um i think it's a testament too to actors nowadays who have to like really imagine the thing that they're trying to interact with or what's going around what's going on around them even though they're just surrounded by a green screen, probably, maybe they have limited props with them to interact with. It's mm-hmm. so, like that also makes their job harder too because they, they just got to imagine it being there mm-hmm. and maybe that kind of limits them in a way because they can't really see what it is they're supposed to be mm-hmm. interacting with. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's Films taking an interesting turn. So mm-hmm. much goes into making a film. It's just... So much. I mean, when you see the credits rolling at the end of a movie, like wow, all the different so studios. many people yeah. Oh, yeah. are involved in making a movie. It's just such a yeah. huge task. Yeah. 
And who organizes all of that? I don't know. That's, wow. Imagine their job is very stressful, and that's something mm-hmm. I would not want to be involved with in any way, no. shape, or form. But keep doing it because we love movies. We yeah. love going to the movies, so don't <laughs> stop the chaos. Yeah. But also, like, let's. I want to see more practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So filming conditions were rough. It was filmed at a real cabin, and I guess it had no plumbing. It did have a phone line hooked up and I think electricity, but no plumbing. And a lot of the crew and cast actually slept in the cabin. Wow. Like we're talking 12 people to a room. Yeah. So they were in close, confined space for several weeks. Tempers were flaring. People were getting annoyed with each other. I think there may have been some fights. People got hurt just doing like their own stunts. Um, But all in all, Bruce Campbell said he had a lot of fun making the film and Obviously, everything turned out pretty awesome. Yeah. And this was for the first film? This is still, yeah, still talking about the original film. So when filming was done, Sam Raimi went back to Detroit to an editing studio in the Detroit area, which I thought was pretty cool. And he worked with someone named Edna Paul, whose assistant at the time was Joel Cohen, of the oh, Cohen brothers, no. Joel and Ethan Cohen. So Joel Cohen assisted with the editing of The Evil Dead, 1981. Cool. I, that was just yeah. too neat. And while I, I just want a quick note. While I was looking up um, information about, you know, The Evil Dead, like, franchise, because there's, you know, so many other things besides the first two films, um, the Cohen brothers actually, after the involvement with the first film, they continued to have, like, production and editing credits on all of the... Uh, the films and the series, uh, which I'll mention later, um, they're still a part of, which is really cool. Yeah. So the world premiere for The Evil Dead was held at Detroit's Redford Theater. And this was a place that Bruce Campbell had frequented a lot growing up. He'd go there to see movies frequently. Redford Theater still stands today. I've never been there. Have either Mm -hmm. of you been there? No. It was officially added to the National Registry of Historic Places, so we need to go check that out. Oh, Ooh, I bet it's haunted AF. I guess the interior is amazing, and it's like in the top 10 of Detroit architectural interiors. Ooh. So we really when was go it check built, that out. you know? I don't have to check Ooh, that wait, out. Well, let me look it up real quick, because I'm curious. 1928. Oh. Oh. So is it like Art Deco interior? It is, the theater was built in exotic revival style with Japanese motifs. Ah. In January 2006, the Redford was proclaimed to be one of the city's 10 best interiors by the Detroit chapter of the American Institute of Architects. Hmm. Sounds like a neat place. Yeah, yeah. we got check, check that out. Yeah, yeah, we definitely should. And I also saw that Stephen King is a huge fan of The Evil Dead. And he said it was one of his favorite horror films ever made. And he, I guess, had some influence in the making of the second one. Yes. I don't remember exactly what his involvement was, um, but I, he helped garner interest, I think, for investors or like production uh, companies um, when he heard that they were making a second one. Um, he wanted to help them sort of make it, get the word out that they needed you know, stuff to, to shoot it. And so he helped uh, get the next film rolling, which is really cool. Yeah, that had to help them a lot. Oh, yeah. 
Stephen King, or not Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen King. Oh, Stephen King. Oh, I was thinking of Steven Spielberg. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> the other Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> so as I mentioned uh, a little earlier, the the first film obviously is like a lot more serious in tone, and then the second film was like the complete opposite. Uh, but while they they kind of exist as standalone films, but the second film is considered like a requel. It's sort of like a reboot, sort of like a sequel, which is kind of interesting. I can't think of really any other. Uh, maybe I guess this applies to the Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. where we had so many like reboots in succession. But now, thanks to the Disney Marvel Sony merger craziness, like they all exist in the same universe still. But all their films are still technically separate, which, yeah, it's kind of confusing. But, you know, it's all part of the same universe, like these films, which also uh, the original Spider Man trilogy was uh, written and directed by Sam Raimi. Yep, that's right. And Bruce Campbell makes cameos in all of them. Oh. He also made a cameo in the latest Doctor Strange movie. He was the the Pizza Papa uh, vendor guy on the street. They're in that one alternate universe. Yeah, yeah. And he starts hitting himself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then it's like the very end credit where he was like, oh, it stopped. And <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a nod to... Um, Evil Dead. To yeah. Ash. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nod to Ash, which is pretty cool. There's also the third movie, Army of Darkness, which we are going to watch and discuss mm-hmm. because oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait for you guys to just witness... The, the true cinematic artistry that is that film. And your favorite scene. Yes. I can't wait. <laughs> he's, uh, I'm not even going to talk about it because you guys just need to see it. Okay. It's oh, it's so good and it's so funny. Yay. Yes. So I'm very excited for you guys to see that. There's also a fourth film, technically, called uh, Evil Dead, which came out in 2013. It was directed by Fede Alvarez. Uh, which was actually also produced by uh, Bruce, Sam, and uh, Rob Tappert, uh, who was their other friend who was who helped produce the original films. But it is kind of more like a soft reboot of the franchise, where it exists in that the same Evil Dead universe. But it also is kind of like a retelling of the first film. It has a more like serious undertone. It is meant to be like more of a classic scary horror film, uh, but I people guess... going into that who didn't know that ahead of time were probably like, "Wait, oh, this when is this like, going to yeah. get funny? Yeah, this is this isn't funny at all." Yeah. <laughs> Where's Ash? I don't, I don't think he appears in it. I saw it once and I thought it was just okay. I might have to go back and revisit it. Just you know, because um, it's all part of the family or the yeah. The universe. And then a couple years later, in 2015, they had a, a series. I don't, I don't know if it was on. I can't remember what network it was on. Uh, but it was a show, Ash vs. Evil Dead, uh, starring Bruce Campbell again. And that went until 2018, I believe. Hmm. So it had like three seasons, maybe. Stars um, Network. Stars, that's right. And uh, now apparently they're making a fifth film, uh, Evil Dead Rise, which I think is just uh, like in early stages. 
Um, might not be out for a few more years, but that'll be exciting. Hopefully the whole gang will be back together again. I'd like to see Bruce Campbell prize his role. Yeah. He's oh, so for dreamy. sure. He has to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the same without him. No. Shop smart. Shop as smart. <laughs> you'll you'll understand that reference after you watch Army of Darkness. Okay. <laughs> So that has been a look at one of my all-time fave horror films, Evil Dead 2. Does this cult classic make your list of favorites, or are there others you'd like to hear us review? Give us a shout and let us know. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and share your thoughts. If you leave a good one, we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. Bonus points if you make it funny. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye now.